Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Mason Brooks, the Western Kentucky offensive lineman transfer, who announced on Monday that he's going to play his final year of collegiate eligibility at Ole Miss. Brad, what's up? What's up, dude? It's been a, been a little while, man. Did you did you fire me and then rehire me, or what was the deal? You know what I did. I told you. I was giving you a week <laughs> off. You do this out of the kindness of your heart. And I feel bad. Oh, man. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No big deal, man. Don't lie. Don't lie. You thought to yourself middle of last week. Why have I not heard from him? What the hell's going on? <laughs> it's not like I told dude. you I was giving you a break either. That's the bad thing. Well, you know you know me, dude. If I, if I, I get so busy during the week, half the times you have to remind me anyway, so... I'm glad. I'm glad you um glad you want me back on, man. It's awesome. Yeah. You're the pool. Okay. You're the pool on Talk of Champions now. <laughs> so I ask you, now that Mason Brooks has committed to Ole Miss, he will play his final year at Ole Miss. What do you think about him? Have you looked at him yet? You know, I looked at him a little bit today and um man, he looks like a really good athlete. Um obviously he's one of those kids, he reminds me of Anthony Costanza. I think looking at his background, Costanza was like a quarterback converted to tackle, which is un, unheard of, kind of like Lane Johnson kind of deal. But he looks like he was one of those kind of athletic, a little bit skinnier kids and put on the weight and carried it pretty well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of excited about this. I think this may give us the ability to move broker to left guard and that kid at left tackle and keep James at right tackle. And, um, you know, you figure out the other two spots and – you know, you probably have a pretty decent O-line. Caleb Bourne would be the center, and Eli Acker would be the right guard if the season started today with those things that you just mentioned. But one thing that happened as well, along with Mason Brooks on Monday, was Nick Broker announced that he's returning. And for the longest, he was trending towards going. He wanted to go. That's just what he set his mind to doing. That's what he was going to do. And you had talked about, even though that's what it was, that he needed to come back. And now he has come back. But why did you say that then? Why did he need to come back? Well, you know, I, I, I kind of know the kid personally a little bit, um, you know, talking talking through some stuff with him. And um, really, really good kid, really smart. Um, very, very um, – how do I say this? He's very self-aware, meaning um, what you see a lot of now is a lot of kids are very delusional on their situation and they think they're just going to run off and NFL is going to be a sure enough thing, whereas he – actually saw the value of coming back to Ole Miss for only six months is all he had to do and potentially play guard. And, you know, if he plays well at guard, he could easily be a second, third round pick. Whereas if he leaves this year, it's a guess whether or not he can play guard because he's never done it on film and he's likely going in the sixth or seventh round. So, you know, I think he saw the value. He's still young. 
And um, I think he saw the value of, hey, let me go back and see if you know, he can't hurt himself anymore. Um, you know, he goes in, plays guard. If he plays well, he can only only help himself. So either way, he's going to get a shot. Um, but he's, he's coming back to try to up that shot and try to earn himself some more money, which is what has been going on for years, um, which is the correct way to do it. Whereas nowadays that's been lost in the shuffle and kids are kids are leaving, you know, and, and very unlikely to get drafted or, or maybe leaving to go late late in the draft, which is just not something that, that um, should be going on. Mason Brooks played right tackle predominantly at Western Kentucky. Can he make the move to left tackle if that is, in fact, what Jake Thornton and Lane Kiffin decide to do up front? Yeah, he looks pretty athletic. It looks athletic enough to do it, but I think that, um, you know, between him and James – um, either one of those guys could, could play either side. I think, um, you know, James obviously played right the most, but, um, it, it, some combination of those two on the, on the right or left is, is probably what you're going to see. Um, I'd be interested to see if it's going to be James moving over there. Um, just because, you know, he's kind of got the NFL style body and maybe he wants a chance to play left tackle for a year and, and see what that would look like. Um, maybe he's more comfortable over there and we just never seen it. Who knows? But, um, it'll be a combination of those two. I'm sure they'll work them on both sides. And, um, you know, I, th- I think either one of those guys will be, will be the two tackles. Well, let's play it out a little bit. Jeremy James playing right tackle, moving to left. You've made that move before. If it does happen, what's the biggest adjustment for Jeremy James? Um, well, it's not as easy as people think. Um, I, I was always – I was always much better on the left side. I felt more comfortable. I felt really awkward on the right side. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I had tightness in one of my hips or what. And when Bobby was here, he was the same way. He could not play left whatsoever. So, um, it just depends. Some guys can do both. I could, I could definitely serviceably do both sides, but it was much felt much better on the left. Um, it just depends. I mean, it, I don't know. It just depends on what kind of experience they have and what kind of flexibility they have in their hips to be able to, to, to make that transition transition, um, I, I just, um, I, it's, it's just going to be a matter of if they got experience doing it before and, and if they are comfortable doing it, some guys can do it, some guys can't. And, um, I'm, I'm sure the coaches will figure it out, um, which, which guy has the ability to do it. This is talk of champions. I'm Ben Garrett at spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet got Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky transfer offensive lineman coming up on the modern woman phone line. If you haven't already subscribed, rate review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Old Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. And as we're recording on this Monday night for you to listen to this podcast on Tuesday morning, official welcome to Oxford from the official Ole Miss football Twitter account, Charlie Weiss as co-OC and quarterbacks coach, Marquel Blackwell as running backs coach to replace Kevin Smith, Chris Kiffin is co-DC linebackers coach and Nick Savage as head strength and conditioning coach to replace Wilson Love. What do you think? All solid, man. I mean, Chris Kiffin was a huge get. I think that, um, you know, his recruiting, um, you know, I just, I think that he is, he's a solid get for Ole Miss, especially with, um, with his NFL, you know, background, he kind of, kind of went up to the NFL and, and did a really good job with the Browns and uh, in San Fran. And I, I just think that, um, yeah, I just think from a coaching standpoint, he's got the experience you're looking for, and I think that's a really good add. Um, the strength coach, I've heard good things about. Um, you know, I, I just think that him coming from Florida, being at being an SC program, that's big time for us. And you know, this it's, the OC is a guy that that Lane's worked with before, probably probably really comfortable with. That's what we said earlier in one of the podcasts is that the hire is going to have somebody 
going to be have going to have to be somebody that uh, is a smooth transition for him. And um, it looks like that's what he did. And um, it, it'll be exciting, man. I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of change for Ole Miss football, but but with the way it's set up today, I mean, you look at our portal. I mean, if we land, if we were to happen to land Trig and Dart, that would, I mean, you you go look at that portal. That's that that recruiting class. It, it it's would be unbelievable. I mean, you got one of the top quarterbacks, tight ends, and and running backs from the previous class. So, I mean, it's um yeah, the, the, that's just the, that's just the nature of the beast. Now there's gonna be a lot of change, a lot of turnover. These coaches will be um, you know exciting ads, and it, it'll be a it'll be a whole new look this this fall. I'm not saying that it's the best class ever if that were to happen. Because depth-wise, we don't know. you got to see how those players in high school, how it plays out for them in their careers. We don't know. Like the 2012 class was a low-ranked class, but look how many guys contributed from that class. So I'm not going to say that. But if you get Jackson Dart, if you get Michael Trigg to go on top of Aishim Young, Troy Brown, on and on, Mason Brooks, who's on this podcast today, it has to go down as the most consequential recruiting class in Ole Miss history. Yeah, it, it, it'll certainly be, it, it'll certainly be crazy, man. Because that 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 portal class would, would have potential to hold this hold this team up to to being a pretty darn good team after losing essentially your whole offense. I mean, your whole offense minus a few a few linemen. Um, and you add all these guys, you, you, you can literally be taking a snap next year with Dart, with Evans and, and Trigg on the field um, with your new left tackle. I mean, it, it, it would really be an amazing testament of what college football is now and how it is a, a higher gun game now. I mean, it, it, it was, it's pretty incredible watching this kind of turnover. And it, you could essentially go out and portal you uh, almost as good a team as you had the year before, like a basketball. Which is a lot of fun. NFL free agency is fun. NBA free agency is fun. Sometimes more fun than the seasons themselves. Same thing with Major League Baseball. But what always haunts Major League Baseball is it drags for months. And that's what needs to change about the portal. What we're getting now and the action you're getting as far as recruiting with portal recruiting is a lot of fun. It's great for the game. and It builds interest. But you have to do it for a particular amount of time. That's why we always talk about windows. But when I say consequential, you could easily point to Laquan and Rob and Laramie, and that's true. That's the best signing class ever as far as top-end talent. But what I mean by consequential is very simple. As far as impact for the very next season, this one would be the most consequential ever. Because you're right, they lost everybody offensively. Zach Evans comes, and then Jackson Dart comes, and Michael Trigg adds a component to the office that they didn't have last year. They didn't have that tight end that could stretch the field. And then stack on top of it Jordan Watkins, maybe Cam Johnson from Vanderbilt. Maybe Deion Smith gets his grades. He goes to LSU this spring and then enrolls at Ole Miss in June. That could happen. However it shakes out, if that were a class led by Jackson Dart, it's the most consequential. What are you hearing about Jackson Dart right now? You know, uh, I know he had a good time here. I know some people that hung with him. Um, you know, it's by all accounts, he was having a great time, which, which all visits are a great time. Like, let's be real. Nobody really goes and has a bad time when everybody's, you know, you loving you up and, and trying to get you to come here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly not, not hearing a whole lot on it. just like everybody else. Um, just a simple fact he had a good time and he, and he left, um, he left town and probably if I had a guess, probably just getting home. 
you know, not, not too long ago. So I'm sure we'll all hear something soon. Um, I know that, um, the people that were with him were, you know, were, were reiterating some things that he was saying and, um, you know, sound, it sounded pretty confident, but you know, who knows nowadays? I mean, I know then he comes today and he tweets about OU and everybody freaks out. Like, like that's not a common thing with these kids. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that we would be a, a very attractive place for him. I mean, if he were to go to OU, is he going to just uh, agree to sit the bench for a year or is he going to think he can beat out D- Dylan Gabriel? Then what, what happens to Dylan Gabriel? So I don't know, man. I mean, when you, when you essentially have a pretty, pretty good path to being the starter at an SEC school, um, I don't know what more he'd want because getting on the field sooner would, it would help him, you know, get to be an NFL quarterback than, than it would go on to sit behind another, another player at Oklahoma. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like we are we are a good good destination, but um, you know we'll have to see we'll see what happens here. What do you do if you don't land him? And this podcast could be old by the time people are listening. We don't know when it will happen. I felt more confident Sunday going into Monday than I do right now, but I don't know if that's really based on anything of real value to me. I look yeah. at what Jackson Dart did online, and I understand why people will be a little bit freaked out. The way he tagged Jeff Levy, tagged Brett Venables. Because that's either one of two things. A jugular, brutal troll job. Or he's going to commit to Oklahoma. Then I remember what Davison Igbenosin did. And Davison Igbenosin tweeted out that picture of him and his brother in Rutgers, and everybody freaked out. Then he comes with another graphic and another graphic and another graphic. And he did, to Jackson Dart, tweet about Ole Miss and his picture with Lane Kiffin. I don't like to try to decipher what kids are trying to say on social media because now they're more brand aware than they've ever been before. So everything is a work. It's like in wrestling. That's a long way of saying, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you look at, look at Lane's Lane's tweet too. He was saying five stars are coming or whatever. So, I mean, you can, you can look at a million different tweets. It's just hard. This, this Twitter game, this whole, I mean, there are, there are, you know, he could also be using that that against OU as leverage. You know, you don't know what kind of nil deals are involved in this. Um, you know, he could be he could be trying to trying to get a bid war going. Who knows? I mean, who knows what the, what the, how crazy it is now? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll all find out soon. Um, what what makes me feel confident though is 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 Trig, and I, I know that um, them two want to go somewhere together, and I think that he is really, um, yeah, I, mean, I actually really think he's really connected to the tight ends coach here. Um, I know they have a good relationship, and um, I just think that that could be the the factor there. Um, you know, him coming in, and both guys will have a, a, an almost an immediate immediate starting spot at, the, at an SEC school. Would be my thought. You know, there, there's no better place to come and do it than than right here. You know, it's just there's not not many chances where you get to come in and, and kind of take take the show like that. Did you watch much of Percy Lewis before he committed to Mississippi State? Did you look at any film on him? I did not. I it's a not. random yeah, I question, I know, but somebody asked me on the message board, the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliateofon3.com, if I would compare or get you to compare. Cause I you know what, though? I, 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 did, I did watch him live. I just did not realize he was a, he was a top recruit. Um, I that think I watched bad. him. No, I, it's just I, I was watching the whole line in general, um, just just watching some Juco ball. Me and one of my family members is the coach at PRCC, so um, – yeah, I watched him Juco ball and film. So I have I have seen seen him. I do remember him being a humongous dude. Um that's about all I remember watching. 
Well, I tried, fan of Rebs. I think that's who said that on the Ole Miss Spirit message board. I tried. Here's a question for you. So we're looking at these announcements from Ole Miss. These new coaches have been officially introduced. And Charlie Weiss, we knew this, but now we can really think about it. He's listed as co-offensive coordinator. Who's he sharing it with? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a great question. I wonder. Um, I don't know. I have to dig into that. I wonder if John David Baker got a got a little little um, little bump there, or mm-hmm. maybe um, I don't know. Maybe so. I wonder. Um, I wonder if that that was the case, or we have to look into that and see if we can we can dig up some some title. It certainly confirms being the co-OC that Lane is going to take an even bigger role with the offense. Not that he didn't have a big role with Jeff Levy calling plays, but it was more collaborative. It feels like Lane's taking more of the reins. He had a lot of responsibility, but now even more so. Yeah, I can I can definitely see something like that. You know, the Charlie Weiss hire, he's he is a little bit um a little bit younger than than um, I don't know. Is, is he younger? I think he's a little younger than Levy, huh? He's kind of he's a twenty eight. Yeah, I was about to say he's 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 younger than me. Wow. Yeah, we're old. Um, so yeah, I, I can see. <laughs> no man, it gets weird when I when I start seeing coaches that are that, that are young getting hired. I mean, heck, Kel, even Kellen Moore is going to be up for a, a head coaching job at some point. Um, um, yeah, so the, I, I can see Lane not mentoring him, but um, you know what I mean, kind of kind of sharing sharing the reins with him, and then you know, kind of seeing where it goes from there. Maybe maybe he blossoms into getting a full time, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Lane's going to be very involved here. We're going to get right back to Bradley Sal on this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear briefly from Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford, and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from new and used sales to parts and service. Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I cannot say enough good things about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. When you go, ask for Brian or Mason. They'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford. And make sure to tell them that Talk of Champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at 662-234-8000, East University Avenue, 662-234-8000. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. 
They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of On3.com. What if they don't get Jackson Dart? Then what do they do? You know, I was thinking that earlier, and I think the the thing to do. I mean, I don't know what. Obviously, you you're going to have to see. It's going to have to come to someone else transferring or somebody else hitting the portal. That was unexpected, but I, I wonder if they turn to the the JT Daniels kid. Um, you know, he would be a viable option to come in. That experienced guy that could could compete with Altmaier, which I think Altmaier would beat him out. Um, but. You know, you at least have that 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 on the roster, and and you know he would probably think he could be Altmaier out. So you have two. That would give you an experienced guy that, if something were to happen, Altmaier maybe he he's a he's a good option. That's interesting. Can he run at all? I don't know. I haven't watched him. I know that's the only thing. Listen, and and in college and NFL, I don't mind it, but in college nowadays, there's just so much hidden yards with a quarterback that can run. Man, it, it is a it is a game changer. Um, in college, I, I, I would, I would almost never recruit a quarterback that couldn't somewhat get up, get some yards with his feet. It's just so valuable in college football. And, um, it, I, I just, if you, if you can't run, it's just, it's just tough. I mean, it makes it tough for the O-line and that, um, I mean, unless you're just a bona fide Joe Burrow type, it's just hard, hard, hard sledding in college football. If you can't run. I'm surprised you didn't prepare yourself for the inevitability that I was going to ask you about Jackson Dart and what you're hearing. And I thought you'd come with something that's just spicy, juicy. No, nothing, nothing crazy, man. I mean, I know that I don't want to get too, too ahead of it and too, too excited, but I know, I mean, guys were very excited that we're around him. You know, I know people that were hanging literally with him the whole night. So, 
um, they they had reiterated that he had he had mentioned that he was coming, but you know I don't I don't know what in there, so I can't quote that. Um, there's no telling what was going on that night, but um, you know there, yeah, I mean they, he he apparently had a great time, so and and really really was was having you know like in Mississippi, so. I don't know. It wasn't there, so it's hard for me to speak on it. But it sounded like those guys were pretty hyped, pretty confident. So um, they could be wrong. It could, it could be your typical, typical Ole Miss, um, you know, way too excited, too early kind of deal. So <laughs> I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put too much stock in that, man. You just can't. How many of you out there have listened to this podcast for any length of time and heard me tell you, you're Ole Miss fans? If you allow yourself to get too hopeful. It's only going to make the devastation worse. So just be cautiously optimistic or expect the worst is the better advice. Expect the worst. So if something good happens, there's no downside. You can only be happy. That's the best way you can go about it. Because I don't know. I just do not know as of right now. It's a really hard one to follow. Because everything, when you look at the two situations, would lead you to believe that Ole Miss made the most sense. But that's not how any of this stuff works. And one thing I do know about Jackson Dart is he's got an NIL deal that'll go with him wherever he goes. Whatever Oklahoma can offer or is offering, as far as NIL is concerned, Ole Miss can not only match that, but is determined to to exceed that. We'll see. Maybe as you're listening again, he's already committed to Oklahoma. I do know that until this is resolved, everything else on pause or at least a little bit frozen as we wait for Jackson Dart. Yeah, man, I'm gonna tell you what. If if we were to wake up tomorrow and you get a dart and trig um, commitment, I mean that it, it, <laughs> you talking about a, that's about as good as week as you can get. I mean, you got two big O line pieces that are going to be in place, very experienced guys, um, highly touted. Um, you know, the Mason Brooks had, had a lot of chance to go to a lot of really good schools. Um, and then you get those two guys, and it's I mean you'd, you'd be talking about a big week. So let's let's just see what happens here, man. I, I know that. I'm telling you where where I feel confident is the, is is Trig, and that is the fact that he has a good relationship with our tight ends coach, and I feel like these guys want to go to go to go together. Um, man, I just it, it, the, I, if OU wouldn't have gotten Dylan Gabriel, I would feel you know I, I'd feel pretty nervous. But man, I mean, what? Why would he want to go there? He's he's likely going to be sitting out again. He's like saying all the things that every single Ole Miss fan has said over and over yeah. for the last week or so. And still, I get it. I get and, why they would be a little And bit listen, nervous. here's the thing. They also signed a kid that is a very good player and that they absolutely love. They love the, um, the uh, one of the quarterbacks. I don't know. I forgot his name. It's, it's, um, uh, he's, it's he's a big, big time recruit. Evers. Yeah, yeah. Evers. That's exactly Evers. They love him. Absolutely love him. I think he's going to be unreal. So you got three. I mean, dude. You you, you got to come compete with Luke, Luke Altmaier. It's going to be a solid competition. But man, you you you're going to be the two guys. You're about to step into it, and, and OU's probably going to sign another one the next year. So I mean, I'm not saying it's not good to compete, but at some point, there's um, you know that's that's a lot of guys. So um, you you better you better take that. And not to mention you're in the SEC. I mean, why would you you when you play Alabama when you play the big time schools, you're going to be right there on national TV. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think it, it would be a great opportunity for somebody. And I think that's why we're doing so good in the portal. Almost has a lot of open spots, and it's an SEC school that just went to the Sugar Bowl. So I think a lot of people are, are leaving, but you got a lot of guys saying, "Hey, I can go start in the SEC, play against Bama, play against some of the good competition, 
get on film for NFL scouts and, you know, show what I got right there. And, and I have a, have a path to being a starter pretty quickly. So I think that's why the portal is so hot for us right now. I think it's the right strategy for Ole Miss too. You're never going to be competing year in and year out with LSU, with Alabama for those top tier prospects. You're just not going to do it. So if you can make yourself the SEC West destination for high profile transfers that are looking for a change of scenery with Zach Evans or a Jackson Dart, go somewhere where you can start, well, Ole Miss is that spot. But it does make the offseason pretty chaotic, but I don't think Ole Miss fans really care as long as Ole Miss is winning on Saturdays and as long as Lane Kiffin's the head coach. Alabama can't start all 25 stars that they signed in 2021 because we're not dismissing Luke Altmaier here at all. We both think Luke Altmaier could be a really good quarterback, but he's the only quarterback of note on the roster, and that's the problem. There's nobody to compete with him. If it's a Luke Altmaier offense instead of a Jackson Dart offense, does that change your outlook for Ole Miss football very much next year? No, because that means that Luke Altmaier would have had a hell of a spring and a hell of a fall. And you know, he was a highly recruited kid himself. And um, you know, it would not surprise me at all if he was given a significant amount of reps and from just from what he showed in the game that he was a guy. And listen, I I'm in no way this I, I thought Luke Altmaier looked looked plenty good enough in the in the sugar bowl compared to, you know, his age and probably the amount of preparation he got for that game. So I'm just in the boat of, Hey, I get it. He's Luke Altmaier is only gonna be a redshirt freshman next year. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, another kid were to come in for a couple of years. He would still have two years of play to play at the end. So I just don't want to go into the season where he's the only option, um, you know, for Ole Miss. And, and, you know, and it, all of a sudden he gets out there and he, he's not as good or he struggles and, you know, you're stuck with, Hey, this is what you got. That's the old Ole Miss. You want competition here. I don't care what it is. You look at every good school out there. They're bringing in multiple guys, and they're signing the big-time guys. So competition is what it is, man. These kids, you know, a lot of them run from it nowadays and get it. But, you know, you're going to have to have it at, at the schools, and it only makes everybody better. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's – I think that if, if Luke Kaltmeyer were to be the starter next year, that means he he had a heck of a, a spring, a heck of a fall, and probably, you know, got a lot of really quality reps to really understand the offense. And, you know, I think we would be fine with them, especially especially if we put some talent around them. So, um, yeah, that means he would be 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 have gotten you know a, a lot better and, and moved along nicely in development. So, the short of this, you feel good about Michael Trigg. You don't know how to feel about Jackson Dart. Yeah, I don't know, just because I feel like you know I was following the Trigg thing, you know, pretty early on. I think I called you, you know, a couple of weeks before it, and was like, hey, I think we're going to get this this USC USC kid. Um, keep your eye on them, whatever. And you kind of heard it as well. And it's like that, that, I, that I was kind of planning on and, and kind of following really closely. The dart thing came out of nowhere. So, um, I, I just wasn't paying attention to it enough to, to really try to dig into it. So, um, all I know is there was people that was hanging out with him and said he had a good time. Um, you know, he, he got some guys numbers from here to keep in contact and end up texting the guy saying, Hey, Jackson dart saved my number. So that, um, that was encouraging. So, yeah, I mean, I, we'll see what happens here. And, you know, Lane did tweet, hey, you got some five-star coming. So, um, what, I, I mean, what if media, out of nowhere – What if out of nowhere – why don't people interpret that tweet like they did the Jackson Dart tweet? What, what, what if he's saying Caleb Williams is randomly coming? You know, why can't they get on that road? Why is it always the negative side? You know what I mean? He said, he said a five-star is coming. it's Ole Miss. It's Ole Miss. Believe him. Lane, Lane, Lane. There's no reason not to believe Lane. He said a five star is coming, so I'm excited but to see a five star. Even Lane Kiffin overcome 
we are Ole Miss. Strong-willed so. as he is. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think so, man. And listen, I'll tell you one thing about Lane Kiffin, too, that I was told and I thought was – and I never thought about like this, but so, you know, this whole social media era, um, you know, he's he's pretty popular on social media. He's got a crazy following. Half a million. And over half a million. And, and listen, listen, though, but I've heard that – there have been recruits that have met him, big time recruits, and could hardly get a word out. They were so nervous talking to him just because of who he was. What? I thought that was crazy. No, no crap. I thought that was crazy, crazy shocking. Like this is that's kind of the pool he has, man. Like like these kids when they meet him, they're like, oh my gosh, that's that's Lane Kiffin. You know, he's whatever on social media. So I've heard I've heard he's you know <laughs> I heard I heard these kids freak out when they meet him. So. Shocked to hear that, but um, I heard that from from a coach himself. So um, felt felt pretty good about it. So yeah, he's got that he's got that pull on social media, and uh, I think I think kids like that. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> no joke. Fumbling over their words oh. is what, what what it was said. Like like hard to, hard struggle to get a word out when they're talking to him over social media yeah. clout. Well, that's just. I mean, he's I, to me. You know, I, I don't. I look at it different, but you know, he. I guess he's. Pretty pretty famous out there. In oh, the it's insane! World. Oh, anytime he says yeah. anything, and he's the king of trolling of all college football coaches. JJ Pegues, there's no way to transition easily to this. JJ Pegues, the Auburn defensive lineman, went there as a tight end, now a defensive lineman. He's in the transfer portal. We've been talking about him, writing about him on the Ole Miss Spirit, Ole Miss Spirit.com and Fieldofone3.com, saying that he was going to get in the portal, and once he did, Ole Miss would become the prohibitive favorite to land him. You remember back to J.J. Pegues at all? And if you do, what do you like about him? How could he fit? Yeah, I mean, I think that I'll be interested to see why he entered the portal. He was getting some time at Auburn. Um, Auburn's a solid school. Um, I'll be interested to see if he's trying to change positions or what he wants to do, what the motivation is there. I mean, I think almost would certainly take him great athlete, um, very, very athletic. But I think the position he's playing is the position that he needs to play to, to have a chance to make it to the NFL. I think I said that a long time ago when he was coming out, you know, about the whole tight end thing was, was a waste of time. And it really was um, just cause it's just, that's just not a, a, an option for him at the next level. So yeah, I mean, if he were to come here, want to play D line, bring him on. I mean, I think he's a great athlete. He needs to keep getting bigger, keep getting stronger. And he moves like a freaking, I mean, he moves unreal. So he'll, in my opinion, he has a chance to be a, a first round type three technique. Um, just, just based off of his athleticism and, and um, you know, how, how, how he moves. So, yeah, I mean, if you were want to come here and do that, I would be, I'd be super pumped for Ole Miss. Would JJ Pegues, the defensive tackle, would he be an immediate impact contributor next year? I think so, but I think there's also, if we play this a similar offense last year, there's a chance for him to line up over the tackle in a four eye as well, um, or or it may be a DN. You know, if if you're not going to be pass rush heavy, you're at least holding holding up the run. Um, would probably be athletic enough in this scheme to to play over that tackle and 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 be just fine, you know. So we don't really play a four down, or I don't know what we're gonna do under um, you know the new defensive coordinator. But um, you know, I, I would I would I would anticipate it being much the same. But yeah, he could certainly play in that four eye over over the tackle and um, and, and would fit in just just fine. Ole Miss is gonna land him. I'm keeping my eye on a linebacker, a cornerback both from power fives, a power five tight end, a G five nose tackle, a power five offensive lineman. But I wonder if now that doesn't really matter because you got Mason Brooks. Mason Brooks is going to be a dynamic plug and play starter for Ole Miss. 
It was a huge position to need, too, because Ben Brown's gone. Orlando Umana, he's gone. You could argue about how good Orlando Umana was last year. He struggled. He was up and down, but he started every single game. That matters. Eli Acker is back, but Mason Brooks, in terms of need, really fits exactly what Ole Miss needed. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I would take, if 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 they liked two, I would take two more guys if I was them at, at O-line. Really? I would never want to be. I would never want to be in the situation we were in in the in the Sugar Bowl ever again. And, and man, if I, if I'm watching, that, that was tough to watch. And it, it was mainly because we had guys playing out of position. So, if I'm them and I could take some some other guys, I would. I'd, I'd want to create some real competition in that room. Um, you know, I, I I would really make that room super competitive. And I only know this because I've been on some O lines in the NFL that were. You know, struggled in a year, and man, they brought in a shit ton of guys, and they made it to where it's like, all right, either y'all about to have some competition up in this room if y'all want to keep a job, and you know, sure enough, having you know having a lot of guys always help. If I'm them, man, I would I would really protect that that um, that never happening again. That that was bad there in the Sugar Bowl. I would bring in another guy or two, at least another really good guy, if not another one. Before I jump to Mason Brooks, what do you think about pairing Chris Kiffin and Chris Partridge? like DJ Durkin and Partridge, but Partridge, unlike with Durkin, now assumes primary play-calling duties. Do you like that partnership? Do you think it'll be much different? I I think, I mean, I think it'll be fine. I, honestly, man, I was hard on Durkin at first, but I, I knew, I know some stuff happened there after that Arkansas game, and he was kind of, he was kind of, um, you know, essentially did it his way and was, and was, you know, going all out, starting to blitz, do everything, so... Durkin ended up doing really awesome. I think that, um, you know, putting Kiffin and Partridge together, not sure how they'll do together, call and plays, all that, but those two guys are so valuable in recruiting and and, and their knowledge. I, I think that's going to be a really good transaction, um, you know, smooth transition. And um, if, Part- if Partridge does essentially what Durkin did, same style defense and calls it similar, I don't think you see a whole lot of difference other than maybe, you know, the, some of the talents are gone, but, um, I, I think it'll. I think they'll probably do the, a similar style here. I really hope that Ole Miss fans don't blame us if Jackson Dart doesn't show up at Ole Miss. <laughs> I, I mean, no one ever said he was going to show. I, I honestly have no inside knowledge on this uh, when it comes to Jackson Dart. Well, you got a little I, bit. You got a little bit. Don't sell I yourself felt, short on that. I feel. I feel. Good. I felt really good about Trig. I was. I was calling him to Ole Miss pretty. Pretty early on there. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I just I know him and him and Dart are kind of connected, so um, we'll see. I mean, I would have I would have for sure bet Trick Dole Miss a couple weeks ago, um, just based off of you know conversations I've had. But we'll see. Uh, I can hear it now, Ben and Brad. You said it. You said that Jackson Dart was coming to Ole Miss. We didn't say that. We didn't say that. We didn't say that. Nope, did uh, I, I honestly? I'm fifty fifty on it. I actually haven't got my hopes up one bit. Me, I've actually, I've, I, I actually, you know what I did? So I have my hopes so low on this because I don't want to be disappointed. I went out, I started watching JT Daniels film. That's I was a great like, idea. I was like, I'm gonna at least see with some good in JT Daniels just in case we have to go on that route. And then if Jackson Dart decides to commit this week, I'll be very happy. I'm like, oh wow, well, it's a surprise. No way have, have I pen, penciled Jackson Dart into our starter next year. That's actually really good advice. I wonder what a JT Daniels, Luke Altmeyer quarterback competition would look like. That'd be kind of interesting. I'm just praying that it's better than Barry Brunetti and Zach Stout. <laughs> Remember what you told me about Zach Stout? Way uh, back dude, when? He was, he was unreal in practice, but I just didn't realize it was against our defense. 
Did you miss being on the pod? Yeah, dude, I cried all week, man. I was like, "Is Ben ever gonna call me back?" Fuck, like I got broken up with. I know. Hey, how's the how's how's the Girl Scout cookies going? Did um did we get did you get some sales? Over five hundred boxes. Oh my God, baby, that's a unreal. She's getting a koala plush. That's what she wanted. Yeah. And she asked me if I would talk to the Ole Miss people. To my Ole Miss people is what she said. And so I called around. You're one of the people I called. And you bought 20. I was I was shocked. I was like, you were Ben, I'm about to buy a ton. Okay, cool. It's something like eight, you know? Awesome. Yeah. That's great. 20. 20. 20, 20 boxes. Listen, we have we have, we have a lot of Girl Scout uh, cookie fans in our family. So um, we're gonna we're gonna pass we're gonna pass some out and we're gonna keep some for um for the fam. But Ole Miss what fans, is your, what, they like deliver. What is your favorite? Her. What's your favorite? I mean, what what do you prefer? Oh, it's Samoas. Oh my, that's me too, man. I I, I crush cool. those, but yeah. my wife hates them. I don't I get why them. people love Thin Mints. I hate Ugh. minty stuff. I hate it. Easily well, the most bought cookie, Thin Mints. And Emily said that if you freeze them, they're somehow much better or something. Thin Mints sound disgusting to me. They've always been disgusting to me, almost repulsive to me. And yet everybody had to buy like two or four boxes. Everybody. I can't do mint and chocolate, but... It's yeah, gross. That's... So gross. But 513 it's almost, it's boxes. It's almost like ribs. It's almost like ribs, dude. Almost. Not quite as it's bad as like ribs. Rib. Ribs are just disgusting. <laughs> but 513 boxes. I asked Ole Miss fans on Twitter on the message board, and they hooked it up, and they won my little nine-year-old girl, Gracie, a koala plush that she desperately wanted. So you made me out to be like dad of the year. Thank you. It was really nice of you to do. He's Bradley Sal, back in better than ever. Thanks, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. That was Bradley Sal. Let's go now to Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky transfer offensive lineman on the Modern Women phone line after we hear briefly from BNA Bank, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky offensive lineman transfer. Before we jump to Mason, have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement? Or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. He specializes in retirement investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. He's Mason Brooks. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on and doing this. You just announced your commitment. We're recording this on a Wednesday. You've just announced that you're going to be transferring from Western Kentucky to Ole Miss, choosing Ole Miss over Auburn, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, a host of schools. Why Ole Miss? It feels great, man. It's been some of the probably the most hectic 
you know, month I've ever had with, you know, I got hit by a tornado and then uh, played a bowl game and then transferred from the school that I loved. Uh, and then had, you know, coaches coming up and coming down and going on visits. Uh, it's really relieving to finally be done. I'm excited uh, to get forward going on, uh, on Ole Miss. So uh, that's been, been a, a wild ride, but happy with where I landed. Let's circle back for a second. Wait a second. You said you were hit by a tornado. Yeah. So uh, I, I live in Bowling Green, right? Obviously going to Western Kentucky and um, got a tornado, horrible tornado rolled uh, right through the middle of the bypass. So awful deal. Um, you know, obviously condolences a lot of, a lot of hurt families out there in Western and, and ripped right through my apartment complex, actually destroyed about half my apartment complex, um, hit us directly, blew out our windows and threw junk all in our apartment, busted pipes. It was, an intense deal. You know, thankfully, uh, everyone was okay um, from the football team, you know, that lived in that apartment complex. But it was a, it was a scary uh, 24 hours. And obviously, was then, you know, homeless going forward the rest of, of bowl prep and lived out in a, a hotel room and uh, just had to do my best there. Um, but obviously blessed uh, to have made it through that. And um, so, you know, we're not as fortunate. So it was a, it was a crazy deal. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. That's terrible. And it makes this stuff that we're talking about here seem that much more trivial. But are you starting to kind of get your feet back under you a little bit? Yeah, I obviously uh, basically have a, a hard restart. Um, you know, a lot of my stuff I had to leave behind uh, got damaged or destroyed. But uh, it, it gives you an opportunity for a, a fresh start almost, a, a new start. Uh, my family was okay. Uh, my roommate and, and the rest of the football players that lived there had to move out. But uh, – you know, it was crazy deal, but but thankfully, you know, kind of on the back end of that and, and moving forward, um, you know, having to make a big decision, you know, essentially two weeks later, uh, didn't have time, you know, had to kind of switch gears immediately. So, well, if nothing else, it's nice that you're actually able to get back to a little bit of normalcy. You found your next home, choosing Ole Miss over Auburn and Mississippi State, other schools. Uh, what was it about Ole Miss that really stuck out to you over in Auburn, over at Texas Tech, just other programs that really wanted you? Why did it make the most sense for you? A lot of schools that I narrowed it down to had a lot of things on the list. I really liked Oklahoma State. I, I, I obviously loved my coaches at Texas Tech um, that were at with Western with me. Uh, I liked Coach Friend and, and, and what was going on at Auburn. Um, I even liked, you know, Mississippi State and Baylor on the back end of my of my trips. Um, so it got really down to the wire in terms of, of splitting hairs of what I liked. A big reason of why I got into the portal was to challenge myself if I was going to leave a good situation in a situation where the people had taken good care of me and, and pushed me to do my best, it would be to, to push myself at the highest level. Um, you know, and, and arguably, you know, the highest or one of the highest levels is the SEC West. Um, that excites me personally as a player and someone who, who looks to, to push to the next level as much as I can. Um, I feel like that gives me a lot of preparation for, you know, the ultimate goal, which is the NFL. Uh, I liked Kiffin. Um, I think he's a character, but I think he's a great dude. Um, someone who's real serious about being successful. I like Thornton. I think he's hungry and um, really smart. Uh, he knows his, he knows what he's talking about. And uh, it was just honestly a culmination of a lot of things. I took my visits very seriously. I, I stayed away from the photo shoot recruiting aspect of it and focused more on scheme and, and fundamentals and what the staff is like. And I think that Ole Miss checked the most boxes out of that. So Obviously, a gut feel, you know, enjoyed my time in Oxford, but 
uh, on the back end of that, from a business standpoint, um, really checked a lot of those boxes too. So uh, really happy with my decision and I feel like it's the best fit for me. When did you know that Ole Miss was the spot? Um, I think as we were running back home, you know, I'd been on the road for about seven or eight days on visits. Uh, we were getting, you know, getting to the airport felt like Ole Miss checked the most of the boxes and, um, started narrowing down at home, um, to make sure that it was, it was in fact the right choice because like I said, a lot of the schools felt really good. Um, you know, every time you leave a school, you like, you like the people, it feels good. And so I think when we got home, started checking the boxes, uh, we realized it was kind of a no brainer. That had to be hard. I mean, you've been through the recruiting process before, but this one's totally different, right? Because you're accomplished, you've cool. done it, everybody wants you. How do you really decide? How do you get down to that point where you can actually shave off some some schools and and pick some favorites here? I mean, the first day, uh, I had I had too many schools, almost too many schools to look at, um, which is you know not hopefully not coming from a, a place of pride. I don't mean that to sound prideful. Just a total. Uh, shift from getting recruited in high school where, you know, I only had a couple FCS offers and you know, two FBS offers at the very end. Um, almost had to eliminate whole conferences <laughs> because there's just too much to look at, um, which is such a blessing and, and you know, a testament to to what they did at Western and, and the coaches that poured into me at Western. Um, really an honor to play there and uh, really happy with my time there. But uh, as I narrowed it down, it just got so, um, you know, particularly I've always wanted to play in the SEC um, since I was a kid. And then so I really became the SEC in the Big 12 because, you know, I grew up watching the Big 12 in the SEC. Um, and I think that as I stepped back and looked at it, I think the SEC is, was what I really wanted to do and was excited for. And so pulled the trigger there. As far as Ole Miss beating out Mississippi State, Auburn, those other SEC schools, what really made that? last push for them scheme i like the scheme here i think it uh you know matches kind of the the tempo throw the ball style that i was running last year at western kentucky uh you know incorporating evans obviously from tcu uh growing up in texas watching him play um you know high school ball kind of after me and, and and seeing what he can do in the run game i think the dynamic level that they add with the run game here um it's something that i wanted to be a part of um, and I really liked stylistically. Obviously, I liked Lane. Um, I liked Coach Weiss. You know, he came in right at the same time I did. I think he's a very bright guy. Um, I'm pretty sure he has a photographic memory. So, so the the word was. So that's you know that can't hurt. Um, and then <laughs> Thornton obviously liked him a lot, and and, and got to know Broker and, and liked Broker a lot. Um, so just a lot of a lot of pluses here. I think Savage is legit. Um, he knows his stuff. I think he's a great strength coach, and so I'm excited to work with him as well. So Nick Broker announces on the same day you commit that he's coming back on NFL draft deadline day. What was your reaction to that? You probably knew before everybody else did. I I actually wasn't uh, totally positive. I had talked to him about it. Uh, I told him I'd love to play on a line with him. I think, you know, granted, we have a certain lineup here. I think you're looking at one of the most experienced offensive lines in the country in terms of snaps taken and games played. Um, I, I would, I was excited to see, to see that he was here and see what the setup was here with, with Acker and James and, um, the guys that got here that are already rolling. Um, but yeah, I was actually over uh, talking to him at his, his spot this morning, um, you know, about potentially 
living with them because they have an extra extra room there. And so I'm really excited, you know, as I was driving home actually to, to get ready to announce my uh, commitment to see that he chose to stay. I think that uh, he's a dude, and I think um, that's not going to change. And so to, to be able to play on the line with him and James and, and Acker and the other guys I think is really exciting. Well, you're in town, you're enrolled, you're ready to go. It's time to get started. So what's next? What What's the first thing you start doing as you prepare for spring football practices and kind of ingraining yourself in this program? How does it start? Actually, got a couple more hoops to jump through as far as the enrollment goes. Need to get a couple more things in line, but the terminology is going to be different and there's you know different way to go about things. So I think getting acclimated uh, as I go through these first couple months and then obviously you know, immediately pushing myself to start, you know, working with the the ones and, and find where I fit uh, on the team and where I fit on the line, be as helpful as I can be. I'm a big uh, team guy. I think that your O-line and D-line push your team and, uh, you know, it starts in the trenches and that needs to be a cohesive group. And so whatever is the best fit um, is what I'm all about and getting to know those guys and Kiffin and and respecting what they have here and, and enjoying being a part of that is kind of what I'm looking forward to the most about the spring. Well, what I'll leave you with is this. All right, Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky transfer, coming to Ole Miss. Are you ready to break the news that Jackson <laughs> Dart is coming too? This is this is still up in the air. I'm not sure. I, I sure hope so, man. He's a he's a guy. So if we can get if we can get Dart and and, uh, and his boy Trig, I think we'll really be in business there. But Altamire's Altamire's a dog, too. I think we can't lose. So that's the way I'm looking at it. That's the perfect answer to that. Perfect. It's Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky transfer. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Look forward to covering you here in Oxford. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, sir. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.